Hi, everyone. Welcome to the fourth episode of Phenomenal Woman Wednesdays. I am your host, Dr. Saran Nataki. Thank you for joining. Welcome to Power 365 Phenomenal Woman Wednesdays. This podcast will address issues ranging from what is a phenomenal woman? Are you enough? Community service, paying it forward, the manifestation of dreams with words and action, the power in being a woman, the men who support phenomenal women, fashion, and much more. Stay tuned. So today I have the honor of uh, sharing time and space with my dear friend, Dr. Shanae Porter. Uh, Dr. Porter is an obstetrician gynecologist, uh, and she is also a wife and a mother, and um, she's here to share with us about her journey uh, at arriving to who she is today and um, her phenomenal <laughs> so, um, so welcome, welcome, thank Dr. You. Porter. Thank you, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, thank you. I'm so honored to have you here on my show. So, the first question that I ask uh, everyone who uh, comes to participate in this interview with Phenomenal Woman Wednesday is, uh, how do you define a phenomenal woman? So the way I define a phenomenal woman is someone who understands their true purpose um, and, and why they're here and knows how to really tap into their spiritual self um, and then not being afraid to go for it. Um, in addition, I also define a phenomenal woman as someone who has... Um, who's really true to themselves, who's able to give to others, to their friends, to their family, um, without the sense that they won't also receive their own blessings. So, you know... Um, so unselfishly. Yes, unselfishly. And from an authentic place. Right. Correct. Right. Awesome. So, um, you know, one of the things that I know as women, um, we... Um, we don't come into this world already knowing who we are, so we have to go on a journey <laughs> to really um, come to that place where we finally acknowledge um, that you know we have unique talents and traits and something unique about um, us as individuals that will really um, allow us to provide a best benefit to the world. And so one of the things that I'm hearing you say is um, someone who um, is uh, connected spiritually. Mm -hmm. Have you always perceived yourself as being connected spiritually, or um, is there a point in time at which you really began to acknowledge um, or, or nurture that connection, maybe more so, or grow in that place? I don't. I don't think I always knew that I was, you know, so connected with myself spiritually. I do know that I've always been a dreamer in a sense. So, as a child, I always dreamed big. You know, I never. Um, I would never limit the possibilities of where I saw myself going. And I would sometimes, well, in particular, there were times in my life I remember distinctly receiving a message of my next position in life. And, and the next thing, if it was being on the cheerleading squad or, or whatnot, I would envision it and I would, you know, it would resonate with me and then I would just go for it. So I do know that I've always had that sense of understanding of my true desires and it wasn't always in line with what was going on around me. You know, my, my childhood was, um, 
it was very colorful, um, definitely had a lot of great memories, um, but there were also some things that weren't so great. And even in those times of difficulty, I could always sort of, it sounds cliche, but sort of see the light and, and see something better for myself. And then I would just gravitate towards that. Um, okay, yeah, I can certainly relate to what you're saying. So we, and we've talked about this before in our conversations about um, like what you're describing are like the omens in life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, the, the book, The Alchemist, uh, is, mm-hmm. is one that um, <laughs> actually my cousin had been on me to read it and I, you know, kept delaying, delaying, delaying. And she mm-hmm. said, you'll read it when you're ready. Mm-hmm. And so, and I finally did read it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and in that book, it's uh, basically about the journey of this shepherd. And the shepherd is on a journey to his riches. Mm-hmm. And along the way, he receives these omens that really kind of direct and guide and, um, uh, you know, provide his path for him. Mm-hmm. And the omens in life are the things like what I'm hearing you talk about. Um, when um, you're paying attention, mm-hmm. um, they really kind of direct and guide you. Right. Um, so you're a medical doctor mm-hmm. and, um, and obviously you had to go through some training to get there. And, um, there's a point at which you decided, you know, this is what I'm going to pursue. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, did you have any omens uh, along the way? Things that occurred to really, uh, let you know that this was where you should be headed to something that you should pursue for yourself? I, I did, you know, if I, really look back, look over my life and try to determine how I came to where I am today. Um, I always go back to a time and I was literally in the car with my mother in the back seat and I just had this really strong desire as I'm thinking about what am I going to do? And you often get that question as a child, what are you going to do? And I just remember this desire to want to be involved with reproduction and delivering babies. That was that was all I knew. I didn't know that that meant being a doctor. Um, I remember we lived in these apartments and there was a cat in the neighborhood and we all knew that the, the cat was pregnant at the time and I did everything possible. <laughs> You're trying to following this cat. <laughs> <laughs> I would follow this cat around, you know, every day. My mother's like, would you still leave that cat alone? Leave that cat alone. <laughs> and um, ultimately, you know, she delivered through the night, obviously, to protect her, her young. And then I was just so excited with watching her care for the young. And, and, and so that just sort of gave me confirmation, just that joy. It was something that I really couldn't describe. And, um, lifestyle issues definitely was also something I learned growing up. So that would, you know, lend more to prevention and medicine. And I had, um, unfortunate circumstances in my childhood where my mother lost, um, both of her siblings to the AIDS virus. And we knew, you know, they were wonderful, great people that I actually really enjoyed being around. Um, But unfortunately, they just made some bad decisions in their life. And that lifestyle led them down this path. And being so close to that, um, seeing things that, you know, as a child, I I was exposed to certain things. It it taught me sort of what not to do. it also taught me how to not be judgmental. So, you know, I think as a physician, we do have the luxury of really um, getting to know very personal things about individual decisions that they may have made and really helping them through those. And I think for myself, having the opportunity to have my own loved ones 
go through things in their life that, you know, I'm sure they weren't excited about and they weren't proud about. And um, it helped me to really just maintain my humility um, and also understanding of, you know, of what not to do. Um, and then from that point on, it was really just exposing myself to the medical field, you know, working as a candy striper, getting to walk around the halls, even if it was just passing out water to patients, um, just the way that I felt being in that hospital and, and being able to provide But it was for something them. within you that had the desire. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So you had the first omen was, uh, you know, that cat, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So the cat and, <laughs> and really just wanting to, just having an interest that mm-hmm. you really couldn't explain about wanting to help that cat deliver its kittens and, mm-hmm. and, and bring mm-hmm. life into the world. Right. And then so, you know, maybe uh, another one of your omens was um, the, the candy, the desire to want to be become candy. a candy striper. Right. And so, and when you were there, did you feel any connection or um, what did you think about your experience as a candy striper? I just, I mean, I felt very comfortable, number one, being in the hospital. You know, there's the the way the hospital feels, the way it smells, you know, not everyone really enjoys that, being around mm-hmm. sick people. Um, but I looked at it more. Felt at home. I felt at home. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was giving a service, you know, if it was a smile, delivering a flower, or willing them back down to their car so they can leave the hospital. Just being a part of that process, I definitely felt at home. You know, it wasn't like I was watching the clock. It was like, is there another patient I can go deliver mm-hmm. water to? You know, I just, it was really just confirming like this is a place that I feel comfortable mm-hmm. and safe. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I'm hearing you say is that um, even though you had some challenges uh, with you know having experienced the loss of, loss of loved ones to uh, HIV and um, uh, but in not judging, mm-hmm. it created a sense of it, it awakened compassion within you absolutely so you had compassion you had the desire you Mm -hmm. felt at home Mm -hmm. and so um when you were uh on your journey toward medical school let's fast forward you go Mm -hmm. to college Mm -hmm. uh you decide you know this is what i'm going to do and um i'm going to to go to medical school was it easy did you just apply you got in and (laughs) it was like i'm here and i'm here for it Except me. How did that work? How did that happen? Because I'm asking because, um, you know, there are people, and it's not just with respect to medicine, mm-hmm. but in life, you know, we have goals, we have these, we have in us uh, a passion or a desire to pursue a certain goal. And sometimes um, it seems like it's way over there across the street and like, how am I going to get from here to there? So fear imparts and we back off of it. Absolutely. Or, um, there are obstacles and we figure out a way over them. Or as we go along the way, there are, you know, there's doors that open and we take advantage of them. Tell, tell me a little bit about what that looked like for you. Mm-hmm. So... As I went through um, my undergraduate career, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I really want to go to medical school. Um, I didn't have the best grades right off the bat, so immediately after graduation, I enrolled again into another institution, and I sort of worked to improve my grades. Um, And then the time approached that, okay, well, now it's time to really bite the bullet, and it's time to apply. And so this I, was like a post-bac program? Post, this was actually even before a post-bac. This was okay. just, I attended another university to take, sort of Additional I created courses. my own post-bac, okay. you could say. And so I did well, you know, got my straight A's that year. And so 
now I'm ready to apply for medical school. But I started making excuses for myself. I started thinking of alternative options. No one told me I had to make an alternative plan, but this was my own thought. And it came from just fear, really. And so um, speaking to my now husband about, you know, well, I went to the PT school today and met with a physical therapist, and I think I'm going to apply for PT school. And then the next week I went to um, <laughs> PA school, and I think I'm going to. And so he, he just asked me one day, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to be an OBGYN. He goes, well, just go and be an OBGYN. And it's so simple, the way he said it. And and I thought, like, why am I not just going to be an OBGYN? So I went ahead and I applied to medical school, and things weren't looking so great during the application process. You know, I was being waitlisted here, waitlisted there. And so he found this um, post-bath program um, in Irvine, and he said, well, why don't you just apply for that, just in case it's a backup plan. Well, me, although I was afraid to apply to medical school, I kind of felt like, well, I don't want to do a post-bath program. I, in my, I think in my mind, I'm thinking I already did that, so sort of, I don't know, not good enough. was going backwards. Right. And then he said, just, you know, you should just do it. I think you should just do it. And that was one of the best decisions I ever made. So I applied to the post-bath program, and um, I was accepted, um, not realizing that was a pretty competitive program as well. And they basically, you know, took you through the application process again, had you take more classes. And it was really the growth that I needed to succeed. Um, and from there, I went to, I got accepted to their medical school and, and did really well. Um, so it was definitely a, a learning process. And I think it was something that I really needed. So mm -hmm. I have to thank him for that. Awesome. Now, um, while you were in medical school, mm -hmm. Uh, I was in school as well, mm -hmm. um, working on my, my doctorate, and um, I watched you. Mm -hmm. So I watched you um, go through that process, and um, I remember you sharing with me that, um, you know, you were performing really well, mm -hmm. and you were performing you, you were surprising yourself mm -hmm. as, at how well mm -hmm. you were performing. Mm -hmm. And um, what do you think that was? What do you, what do you connect or attribute to that? Do, is it because um, you feel like the curriculum just wasn't very challenging or you just really applied yourself or both? Mm -hmm. um, or um, it was just one of those omens for you? So one thing I wanted to mention is why even why was I surprised that I was doing so well right like I'm here I was accepted um why not why can't you do so well and I think part of it is is my background and and I was a non-traditional student at the time and um you know one of the first to graduate from college let alone medical school and I was pregnant as well mm -hmm. so <laughs> so as I was applying to medical school I let me backtrack when I was in the post back program um, as I was entering I found out I was pregnant with my son and I was so driven at the time and my husband and I were so driven that it never dawned on us that this is something like a setback this is just something we're gonna do now we're gonna have we're gonna do it with the child and, and that's what we did. And I feel like as I, when I was pregnant with my son, I was actually empowered in that process. I felt stronger than I ever felt. I felt more intelligent than I ever felt. Um, and I just put myself in a place of positivity and it really sort of catapulted me to this, this level. Um, and 
I mentioned before what I think a phenomenal woman is, and it's when you realize what your purpose is. And I truly believe I was on the path to my purpose. And because of that, I had this power I'd never felt before. Um, this intelligence I'd never even appreciated about myself. And so as you know, in my classes, studying was so exciting to me. I could spend eight hours in Starbucks studying and I never thought I missed a minute of time. Um, and then I was able to really perform well on my test. I was just having a good time. I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. And I think because of that, I was able to be really successful. And so I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Yes, and that, and that is um, an amazing um, acknowledgement. When you are um, in a space, like what I'm hearing you say, um, when you're in a space and you just realize that it's right, mm -hmm. it's a good fit, it's, um, it's connecting with the part of you that you really had not identified before. It awakened a part of you that was kind of sleeping. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so that, that is amazing. And I think... You know, sometimes we look at our circumstances or our background and um, we don't allow ourselves to see sort of where we're supposed to be in the future. We sort of get stuck in this place of where we are now. And I think that's what I was struggling with initially and why I didn't go ahead and apply to medical school. I just assumed I wouldn't get in. I'm not the type of student that would go to medical school for various reasons. Um, and once I got over that and having, you know, a positive partner really helped me um, I was able to really see my full potential you know and I think that's also really important as I was going through the program I did have to protect myself and really ensure that I surrounded myself myself with positive individuals that understood my mission and understood the plan and would support me in that and I think that's something we all have to believe and understand um, and it was one of my pastors mentioned um, one time that you really have to be careful who you allow to sit in the front seat of your life and that's exactly what I did so I only surrounded myself with those that were really positive and believed in me especially now with child and um, going through medical school mm -hmm. absolutely um, and even sometimes you have to trim the fat a little bit mm -hmm. so um, you know, yes. sometimes people struggle with your own growth and they're just unable for whatever reason um, to survive the journey Mm -hmm. and, and it's okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can wish them well, and um, and but you like you said, you can empower yourself by not allowing um, everyone a front seat. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So now that you are um, a physician, mm -hmm. and and by the way, I was your first patient. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So That's right. I, yeah, you <laughs> delivered my daughter when. Uh, you were actually in medical school yeah, so my second um, year yeah <laughs> so um, thank you yes. thank you no, that was no thank you I mean that was such a special I remember finishing my I think it was my microbiology exam and you know exhausted from studying all night and I was like ran to the hospital and just couldn't wait just in time just in time I know it was it was it's like perfect. a movie <laughs> it was perfect just in time so uh, yeah so my OB um you know he knew that you were a medical student mm -hmm. and he said hey do you want to do yeah. you want to deliver her he said you so you did and, yes. and that was a very special moment I'm and I'm, I'm always very proud to say that yeah. like you know that I, that I was your first patient um so anyhow uh you know here we are uh one of the things that um, I know happens, at least for myself and other women I've talked to, 
um, as we, we go through our journey and we identify who we are and we know that, um, you know, you, you connect with um, your compassion and, and being of service and, and you have these tools now and you're utilizing your gifts through giving, helping women give life and, and, um, and also um, nurturing their reproductive health and, um, and helping them through the process of um, being a young woman to an aging woman to an older woman. So you deal with the whole spectrum. How do you see yourself, um, do, do you, sometimes we get caught up in identifying to the job as opposed to identifying with who we are. Do, do you understand what I mean? So um, you might be an OBGYN, mm -hmm. but that's just the vehicle. Mm -hmm. Do you, how would you define what you're offering women? when they come to your practice? Hmm. Well, I definitely approach my practice from more of a holistic um, angle. And so I do, especially for example, teenage girls, they'll come to see me and it may be for birth control or you know something a little more personal. I always take a moment to talk to them about their life and their goals. Um, and just helping them to understand that I'm a woman just like they are and I'm here and, and I'm open and they can they can talk to me about anything so they know they have a safe place to go. So it's definitely more than just that office um, visit that that's my concern at that time. It's really, you know, not today, but where are you gonna be 50 years from now and, and making sure they see themselves for the beautiful woman that they are um, and I think coming from me, you know, as their physician and being young still, um, I think they do take that because I can tell by the way they look, you know, that they really do appreciate that and they hear me. You know, I'm sure their mothers or aunts may have told them the same thing, but, you know, having a different um, persona to give them that, I think they do take that. So I, I do take my role very seriously when it comes to that because I think, you know, if we make a bad decision, it can affect your life for a while or it makes it more difficult for sure. So I try to take, make that a teachable moment, you know, as often as I can. Mm -hmm. So you're able to, you know, connect with them on an individual level, mm -hmm. and also use that as an opportunity to encourage and, and minister to them. Minister, in some way. absolutely. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so I'm going to switch gears just a, a tiny bit. What would you say has been um, one of your greatest challenges along your journey, and how did you overcome it? So there's actually two things that come to mind. One um, occurred while I was in my residency training. So I started my residency program out of state in Nevada. Um, and at that time, it's kind of a complicated story, but my husband ended up getting a job in Los Angeles. So we moved to Vegas, bought a house there, and he ended up having to commute every weekend. He would drive three hours back and forth. So it was definitely difficult seeing him have to make that drive. You know, he was really tired. Um, and also the family dynamics of a home, now having our five-year-old and, you know, me being in residency. So that was really difficult. Um, and then we moved to Sacramento where I completed my residency. Um, and the same thing, he was still working in Los Angeles and um, making the commute. Um, but one thing that I think helped us all hold it all together was really the commitment that we had 
um, for our family and our goals. And definitely my husband, I have to really um, give honor to him and how committed he was to seeing me fulfill my dream. Um, we always, you know, lived comfortably, um, never really wanted for anything. And I was always in a position to do my very best when it came to my studies and performing on my, um, in all of my rotations. And we ensured that our son also had a, you know, the best schools to go to and very comfortable setting and his environment was very stable. So I think, you know, something like that could definitely be difficult for families to endure. And um, having a strong man like my husband to be there to really be our rock to help us through, um, just remarkable. So I'm thankful for that. Um, but it was difficult nonetheless. It was definitely difficult. And my struggle now, just being a mother and a physician and a wife, um, I continue to work on the challenge of work-life balance, which I think all of us do as women. Um, I'm very fortunate with my current position. Um, as a physician, I do have the type of schedule where I'm guaranteed um, at least one day off during the week, and I am off on most weekends. So it allows me to um, fulfill the prayer that I, I pray every night that I am the best wife, mother, and physician in that order um, each day. So um, I, it's not easy, um, and sometimes I do have to sacrifice myself at times, but I do um, try to ensure that I do find time for myself and I exercise, but that I'm there for my family and there for my job as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So it's um, so I'm hearing you say uh, it kind of taps into something that I spoke about on my first episode, which was... Um, you know, what real life looks like. Mm -hmm. So you're describing a real life scenario where, um, you know, people may look at you and your life and say, wow, you know, she has it all. She's beautiful. And she's beautiful. (laughs) She's beautiful and smart. And she has beautiful kids. Like the kids look like models. (laughs) And... (laughs) They have a beautiful home and they just have it all. And she's just, I mean, there's just no challenge and no problem. (laughs) And that's not real life, right? So real life was that you had to kind of um, make some compromises, some sacrifices along the way. And what I'm hearing you say is that you did it all for the benefit of the unit, the benefit of the family unit. Right. So important. And, and kudos to to your husband <laughs> uh, for being Thank that supporting you. that supporting factor. That is so important. Like mm-hmm. when we are able to have that as women, having um, that support can take you from mile one to mile fifty nine. Like yep. you know, um, and and work life balance. Yes, that is uh, an ongoing struggle for many of us. And I think that um, what happens is when um, we see someone looking in from the outside we don't acknowledge the exchange that that person is actually making Mm -hmm. so there's an actual exchange that takes place uh, where you're working and you're benefiting from the career but you can't be here and there simultaneously so here you're having to exchange time from one place to the other and so there has to be uh, the balance you're talking about is being where do you sit? Where do you feel comfortable? 
giving, you know, with your exchange. And it's different for every woman. There's no right or wrong answer, right. but it has to resonate with you and what you feel comfortable with and how that exchange is being made for you. And so once you become uncomfortable, then it's time, you know, it's time now to it's make time a to shift. Make a change, absolutely. So, um, so, you know, it's, it's ever changing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, one day it might be, um, the exchange makes sense in this, you know, facet with this amount of time. And then the next day, um, it evolves depending on, you know, a variety of different circumstances. So, um, well, thank you so much for, uh, for coming to my show and, and sharing Absolutely. your story and your journey and, I really uh, know that other women uh, in general are going to benefit from hearing uh, from you and understanding that uh, you, you meaning them, us, we, mm-hmm. can uh, really transpire and achieve our goals just by paying attention to those omens, yes. uh, persevering, not running away from the challenge. And just surrounding ourselves with supportive people. Absolutely. And keeping so that important. spiritual connection. Yes. Those are the things I heard from you. Yep. Well, thank you. Sums up. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in to Power 365 Phenomenal Woman Wednesdays. I believe that every woman gives the universe with her own strengths and unique characteristics. Simply because she is born, the universe benefits. Every woman is growing, learning, and evolving. On this channel, Only positive seeds are sown, no matter how flawed the soil. Take care and have a phenomenal Wednesday.